This is Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast that explores the intersection of mental health and real life. I'm Justin Lewis. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I am host of this podcast. On today's episode, I welcome a local celebrity, so to speak, uh, the news lady, Jennifer Horbelt. Jennifer is a esteemed journalist who has been uh, in the Paducah news area for several years now, and I should probably have a bio about her, but I don't, so I'm just going to let you know that she is uh, probably award-winning, I don't know, uh, for sure, but she is very good at her job. She does a great job anchoring the news here in Paducah, and uh, is a lot of fun to talk to, and she had some good insights about how to... Uh, how she personally handles um, being able to keep her sanity uh, through the difficult news cycle, being kind of seen as um, the enemy in some ways. And uh, so she talks about her personal mental health and ways that she cares for that. So those are things that we cover uh, in addition to how she is passionate about journalism. So um, before that i want to uh, let you know that as always mapping healthy minds is sponsored by compass counseling compass counseling provides mental health counseling to individuals of all ages and couples and if you want to have services in either owensboro henderson or paducah then you can contact us through our website, compasscounseling.com. We also do telehealth anywhere in the state of Kentucky. And here is my interview with Jennifer Horbelt. When was the first time you were on TV? Well, that would have probably been when I was an intern here. Uh, yeah, really? 2006. That yeah. late? Uh-huh. Yeah. My, my face was on TV when I was sure. a kid. Uh-huh. I won some contests to be in the biggest wagon in Texas in the Houston Rodeo. Uh, and That's so I impressive. made it on TV. I got to wave and everything, wear a big cowboy hat. But uh, no, it wasn't until, uh, I guess, my, yeah, 2006, fall of 2006. Okay. When I was an intern. <laughs> and they let me. Well, I was going to bore you in the audience with my story of the oh, first time tell. I was on TV. Do tell. Which was... News Channel 6. Oh, boy. Back in the day, it used to be called News Channel 6. <laughs> and News Beat 6, I want to say before that. Okay. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that names. old. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I guess they finally were like, oh, this isn't a news channel. So we guess we should, probably shouldn't call it News Channel 6. Anyways, yeah. I was on the news. Mm-hmm. They had a weather question of the day, weather school. They had weather school with Cal Sisto. Oh, yes. And I was in fifth grade, and I read... I want to remember it this way, but I can't believe this would be true, that I memorized the question and read it and, or said it in front of the camera. I would, I want to say that, but you I can't. You probably did. Whatever. We'll go with that. I can't imagine that's what happened, but We're writing nevertheless, right now. No one will That's know. right. No yeah. one's going to go back and look at these. Actually, is there a chance I could find this archive? Gosh, what, what year would it be? Oh, you know, probably like 1993. Actually, there is a possibility <laughs> that yes. Go, I will look. Go find for the weather school question. The weather school questions. Uh, It was warm enough to stand outside in the yard of Heath Elementary School. Oh, wow. So it was some question about a hurricane, maybe. Anyways, so. Well, there you go. I was like, I was like the good class uh, angel back, you know. That's not hard to believe. I could totally Uh see that. I could totally see. You're a very, you seem to be a very disciplined, a very, Mm -hmm. um, you know, good willpower, I imagine. Strong willpower. It's good to know that I'm put that off in my office at least <laughs> well you really really do i imagine maybe you think that i do as well hopefully but i don't <laughs> actually no journalists i would say we are definitely more um deadline driven people yeah tend to be yeah. um there are some of us that are outside of that mold uh, and i would say those of us that are really into like the investigative reporting and like long range reporting uh-huh. um that requires a lot of you know, discipline and sure. keeping up with things. But I do think there's this natural <laughs> nature to journalists uh, mm. about being just driven deadline. by that deadline. I think and it's human it's nature. The risk a and the bit. thrill, you know? Yeah, it might be. I think mm-hmm. it's a little bit human nature. Deadline it is driven. too. I'm, oh, I'm, definitely. I'm pretty sure that I'd have English papers out still if I didn't have a deadline on that English paper. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> but you got it done, didn't you? But I got it done. You got it done. I got it time. done good enough to 
be sitting in this chair. I'll put it that way. There so you go. that's your I'm first sure time on TV. Your patients are glad to hear that. Yeah. First. <laughs> Good is, it, is this your first podcast? This is not my first podcast. No, oh, damn. I've done a couple. Wait, Sorry. I think I, I think I heard, I think I heard one of them before. Yes, a friend of mine, uh, Marcus. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he's a DJ, a producer. He does a bunch of stuff. We went to school together. He lives in Japan now, oh. and so he has a podcast where he talks about just all sorts of different topics uh-huh. um, and brings on all sorts of different people. So he brought me on old old schoolmates, but to talk about journalism. Okay, mm-hmm. well that seems like a good topic for you, it's journalism. Yes. Just a little bit. A little bit. You <laughs> I might, might know, know a little bit about it. know something about that. <laughs> I know about other stuff, too, though, like Battlestar Galactica. Yeah? Yeah. I know nothing about Battlestar Galactica. Only thing I know about it is the jokes they make about it on The Office. Well, So I got nothing for you. That's I love very, The Office. <laughs> that's very surprising to me that you know about Battlestar Galactica. Oh, I could yeah. see you as, like, maybe a Star Wars person, but like Battlestar Galactica seems mm-hmm. a couple standard deviations away from... A little bit. From yeah. Star Wars, even. I think you have to be deeply uh, in love with science fiction <laughs> yeah. to uh, really appreciate yeah. Battlestar Galactica. But I, my dad was really into science fiction. By I the way, up. if you use standard deviation in a sentence, you're not trying to say you're not nerdy enough to know about Battlestar Galactica, just for the record there. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to play the cool card on that. Very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I like Star Wars, but I prefer Star Trek. I would say oh. I'm, I'm more of a Trekkie. But the okay. next generation. Not the original, oh. which I appreciate, but I like the next generation. Anyway, we've gotten off topic again. Science fiction. Science fiction. <laughs> that's all right. You know, sometimes it's good to be off topic. Well, I will say that's how I, that is probably to get back on topic. Okay. That would be one of the ways that I find, oh, I don't know, relief and escape yeah. from uh, what can be a very crazy job. Yes. That you have to stare all day, sometimes at things at the, that aren't the happiest. Right, for sure. Um, and even dig deep into those things uh, it, when maybe you'd prefer not to. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that's definitely one of the ways that I enjoy escaping from sometimes some of the stress of that. Uh, hiking, too. Is yes, a I know you're a big hiker. Yes, I love to hike. Get out in the woods and I love it. walk around and get some exercise. And yes, it's um, it's nice. My son, he is four and a half, and I have been determined that he will love hiking. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't want to force him into it, but um, but he really loves it. He he is taken to it, which sure, is like that's, awesome. that's awesome. So he's always asking me, can we go to the woods, Mama? Can we go to the woods <laughs> today? And I'm like, I, I want to go to the woods today. I got I to gotta pay the bills, so I got to go to work today, but it's <laughs> all this weekend. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, but that's, that's something, that's been something that's really nice. I, I'm able to kind of watch him, um, enjoy it too. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. Got to find a way to escape from it. How do you escape? How do I escape? I, uh, I like to ride my bike a I lot. I know that. And, mm-hmm. uh, so that is an escape for me. It's good because fresh air, exercise, and a little bit of discipline involved in that to Just go back little. to that. Just and, a little. um, no screens. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not huh. trying to say I'm above, like, being, like, yeah. I don't have the temptation to look at the screen. I'm just out You're there. You're too busy like, trying not to fall over. I'm trying to make yeah. sure I don't get hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, true. that's important. So, yeah, so I can just go for a couple hours without looking at the screen, which, if I'm real honest with myself, I probably would not let myself do that if it's accessible to me. So Absolutely. It's, it's addictive. Uh, it is addictive. So it's totally addictive. That is one mm-hmm. escape for me is getting out and mm-hmm. riding my bicycle. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. You know, um, you, you talk about uh, social media. It's interesting to me how um, there was a story I watched back in, oh, I guess it was the 90s. Um, it was from the 90s, but okay. I watched it maybe like a year ago. Some CBS story, I think, uh, where they were talking about the internet and the great things that the internet was going to do oh, and, these, yeah. and how these chat rooms are bringing people together. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and this guy was talking about how he really believed that, you know, as we move into the future, that this is going to be a really positive thing for us, that we're yeah. really going to be able to connect with one another. And, and he only sees peace and love as we move forward. And this was I, not a psychologist that he, they were talking to for sure. There's no way. I, I don't remember. I'll have to find it and send you. Yes, send please you. do. This person was very naive he, yeah, about the I human condition. This guy was like into IT. Yeah. Like this guy was in. He was not like yeah. someone who he was studied not an outsider human. looking in. He was an insider. Yeah. He doesn't study the human psyche. Right. Perhaps he would have made a different, um, a different prediction. Correct. Um, now I will say there are lots of good things about 
absolutely social media and i think even for like the news yeah um, it's i think it's pushed us to be more connected to our viewers mm. it's pushed us to um you know cover things that that we really know matter to them because yeah. they can tell us <laughs> They can literally tell us. I know. However, I know you're laughing over there. I wish you all could see his face right now. This is the problem with podcasts. You just don't get to see no, the faces. No, it's not the problem with podcasts, in my opinion. It's the good thing about the podcast. You enjoy radio. Um, no, because... And, and this I have is a disposition for radio. And yeah. this is why... And maybe I probably have a face for radio, too, sometimes. I've had to learn over the years in certain stories to hide my reaction, because I'm sure you can tell I'm a, I'm a rather theatrical dramatic person it's hard to hide how i feel about things but no social media i mean there are good things about it but then the opposite side of that is at least from like our perspective i never had well i imagine and maybe maybe johnette can can speak to this johnette warwick i'm sure all of you know who john Warwick is she's only a legend um really didn't have to deal with people on a daily basis probably writing her and, and saying interesting things about like, hey john you got looks. a letter in the mail you got exactly and mm-hmm. and i know that that has happened to people before mm-hmm. i mean tom butler um he used to make a joke about there was this guy who sent him this um kind of a nasty letter mm-hmm. and uh, he wrote him back some quip and uh and the guy wrote him back and apologized of course, it, it, this was back in the days where we had the snail mail, so they had to wait. <laughs> time to think about it. Yeah. yeah, you had to wait for that. It's, it's a little different now. It's instantaneous. <laughs> yes. Um, and so that's good and bad. Again, you can hear from people, but you also can hear from people. Mm-hmm. It's also bad because, let's be honest, human nature on my end, when someone sends me something and tells me, and this is a true comment I got. I'm not making this up. Mm-hmm. When I was pregnant, I about seven months pregnant, seven, eight months pregnant, I had a couple people write in actually to me, uh, but one in particular told me that I was disgusting, that I made them sick, that I uh, should not be on television looking like that. And, you know, I got to be real honest with you. I'm a journalist, and I like to think that to a degree I have self-control, but everything inside of me wanted to tell that person some really nasty choice words. And I, I could have instantaneously if I wanted to yes, it took have. a lot of willpower which is not something I have a ton of <laughs> just here's the uh here's <laughs> where I try that. to go mm-hmm. here's where I try to go with that yeah. especially as a therapist from the outside looking in on this mm-hmm. sort of situation yeah what kind of things are happening in that person's life yeah where they think it's appropriate to send a message to a pregnant person to say you're disgusting and that's an extreme we, we get messages like that on, on a daily basis that maybe aren't uh, that personal in terms of like looks. Mm. Oh, yeah, I bet. But I will say it's interesting to see how kind of the nastiness has increased mm. um, over the years with increased accessibility, not just to me as a news person, yeah. but I think in general, all of us right. have this increased accessibility Oh, now. yeah. <laughs> We're ava- almost, I'm, I'm too accessible. I don't, I don't like that I'm so accessible, but mm-hmm. I also can't help it. I need to be accessible. I need to know what's going on. You know, the yeah. addictive nature oh, of yeah. what am I missing? That, yeah. that computer in FOMO. your FOMO, yeah. <laughs> it's great if you're a journalist who's working 24-7, ha, ha, ha. It's also not great because before there was, before we had this computer in our hands, I think journalists, yes, we would go home at the end of the night. Um, speaking of my phone, it's ringing now, but Justin, for you, I'm not answering. Oh my because goodness. Because this is special time. I can't tell you how Me honored and I you. feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Me and you talking right now. But you know, before, at the end of the day, um, it took somebody knowing your home phone, maybe a, a contact or a source, um, or you going back into work to get something done, or you seeing something on the way home, and then uh, you know having to find a phone and call somebody. It yeah. was accessible. Right. You have your email at your fingertips. It's harder now to turn off, and that's not healthy mm, um, for anybody. Right. Um, and so it's it's not a surprise to me that, and this is something I was thinking about on the way over here, that we are seeing this tremendous burnout. Uh, yeah. from people in mm-hmm. journalism right now, mm-hmm. whether it be in, uh, you know, print mm-hmm. or it be in TV or it be in radio, there is, um, there's a big burnout and it's, you know, from being overly accessible to, uh, the craziness in the world today with all of the coverage about things. It's sure. hard to cover all that stuff right now because we're humans too it's not fun (laughs) i don't get excited watching cap the capital riots (laughs) and (laughs) i was terrible you know (laughs) and i can imagine the part that maybe you're too modest to bring up is 
uh, you're the enemy of society and all you're yeah. doing is sitting there and reporting the news. Yeah. And people use this idea of, well, I can't trust the media as a way to like get out of acting a certain way or get out of being informed. Well, I know that they're just lying to me. I want to every time be like, what's their incentive to lie to you? Like, why that would, would they lie question. to you? Tell me what they're getting out of that. This I mean, there are, certain, there are yeah. certain sources, yes, where I could see where it's like, we're yeah. going to spin something a certain way so that you'll keep watching so that we can sell advertisements. Yes. yes. There, there is a portion of entertainment news, maybe we Heck can call yeah. it. Heck yeah. Well, that there, is, well there are bad people in every profession. For sure. doesn't matter what that is. But whether the majority it's, of... You know, what just, you do or what I do. Right. The majority of the news is they're just trying to tell you what's happening. They're not trying to trick you into anything or out mm-hmm. of anything. They don't always do the best <laughs> But it's job. just like a scapegoat mm-hmm. to not want to be informed or to not want to accept a reality that mm-hmm. would contradict with something they want to be true. Well, and it's so easy now to consume the information that agrees oh, yeah. with you because it's, sure. there's, there's all, all out this there. stuff out there. Yeah. But I say information, um, but it isn't all legit. Mm-hmm. Most of it isn't really truly most of it isn't, but you know, yeah, it is hard to, um, when you say enemy of the people, um, and it, it, it's funny, but it's also, and I laugh about it a lot, but it's also, it's also kind of sad to me. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is the profession I chose because I want to serve my community mm-hmm. and I get a little emotional about it because mm-hmm. I care. I really sure. do. Yeah. Um, I didn't get into this for money. I could, I can promise you that. Look at, <laughs> look out there at my, you know, pre-owned Hyundai Santa Fe, which Hyundai Santa Fe's are great cars, but it's not like I'm driving. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. This isn't about the money. Um, and, and it really isn't about it for most people that are in local news. Uh, it's about service to their community. It's right. about, uh, you know, doing the best they can to get information to people that matters to them. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me back a little bit to social media. And one of the things that I think is actually also a negative, it is good that we can hear from our community and hear what they want covered. Sometimes, though, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that because... You know, you may have heard the word gatekeeper before. Mm-hmm. Um, as gatekeepers, I consider journalists to be gatekeepers, and mm-hmm. that's an important function. Right. Gatekeeping is not censoring, although some might see it that way. But gatekeeping is vetting. Gatekeeping mm-hmm. is talking to the people who are experts at things mm-hmm. or who are directly impacted by things mm-hmm. and, and vetting that information and, and putting it out there. Um, And so when something is not able to be vetted, when something is not legitimate information, uh, we shouldn't put that on television. And and we shouldn't blast that out there. Mm -hmm. That's irresponsible. Mm -hmm. It's very irresponsible. Uh, However, now, because of the ability to get any information you want online and to find it in the way that you want to see it, Mm -hmm. presented in the way you want to see it presented. Yes. it's become this whole, you're censoring the other side. You're censoring the other side. Sometimes there's more than two sides. Sometimes there's a bunch of sides. Sometimes there aren't. Sometimes there's just one side. That is, that is <laughs> so that's something I had written down on my journal here. I mean, sorry. I took journalism for three years in high school, so uh-huh. that qualifies me to make this point. There you okay. go. <laughs> so to me, people talk about, well, they don't cover both sides of the mm. story. And I'm like, okay, here's how journalism works. You make a news report that does not have a side. Mm-hmm. It is, these are the facts of what happened. Mm-hmm. Now, the other piece is an opinion. Mm-hmm. That is where you get sides of the story. Not how to, so you've got yeah. two things. You've got a news story and you've got an opinion section. Yeah. And so, like, and, me, and it's like they don't, know. they're not supposed to overlap. No. But people don't know the difference in, oh, this is a news story. Oh, this is an opinion story. Well, in a lot of, and unfortunately, I think, and I It's I've not two sides this. to a news story. No. It's one side to a news story. Yes. The opinion, you can have multiple sides. Yes. But not the news. That's, yes. that's my uh, high school news. journalism uh, application. Yes. For and I will say this. As we have evolved, because the bottom line is, is that the news has evolved just as our society has evolved. Right. So the needs of, of people have changed and Mm. so we must change a bit with it you will see us interviewing more real people and getting their thoughts on things Mm. because they're impacted by it Mm -hmm. um people may not you know agree with or like that that we that things were shut down um and and that it was maybe necessary to to close certain places Mm -hmm. but the reality is is we have 
to still talk to the people that are impacted by that. <laughs> it may have been the right decision to close down um, restaurants and things like that, but we need to talk to the restaurant owner whose livelihood is impacted. Sure. We also need to talk to the person who is uh, could potentially got, get sick or got sick because they went into a crowded place. Right. So there can be there can be different truths perspectives yes perspectives which right. i'm sure you're very familiar with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> working with different people yes um and uh, doing what you do and so um that is also a truth but when it comes to information like medical information for example let's just say we're talking about covid in general i'm not so i'm sorry i'm not gonna go to the 0.001 percent doctor who happens to hold an opinion <laughs> that you know yeah. vaccines are dangerous right. for the majority of people, right. um, and and that's because that person is considered a, a black sheep in their profession, mm -hmm. and um, if the majority of doctors are saying this is safe, uh, that's important. Those mm -hmm. people have studied this their entire lives. <laughs> I trust them. I trust them with my health. There's a, I don't trust you, random person. I'm sorry, I don't. There's an outlier in everything. Yeah. We don't look at the outliers. We say, what is the basis? What, what is, is the general consensus? What is the general consensus? And, um, and of course, there are situations in which, um, you know, people's perspectives are, are true for them. Like, mm -hmm. there are people who have, were injured by vaccines. There are small numbers of people that were injured by vaccines, and that is terrible. Um and there are also people that uh, can't wear a mask for whatever medical reason, mm -hmm. and that's legitimate, or can't get a vaccine for whatever legitimate reason there yep. may be. Um, but the general consensus is that they are safe. And so as a news organization, we have to be responsible, whether it be about COVID or some other thing. Right. Uh, we have to be responsible and vet that information. So um, that, but that can make us, uh, right now at least, appear to be, I guess, an enemy of the people. Uh, I don't look at myself that way. I look at myself as one of the people who has uh, elevated myself a bit to uh, be a voice for those that don't have a voice by getting education, by studying this profession, by staying in it for 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, that's, why I, that's why I do this. Mm -hmm. So I hope that the feelings about the, the you know, journalists change I don't think that that can happen without some changes from journalists as well, mm -hmm. because there, this is not just coming out of thin air. And and I don't sit here and point my finger at um, society as being the only you know reason that these things are happening or social media. Yeah, I also point the responsibility finger responsibility on all sides. Yeah, absolutely, sure. there is. Yeah. We the bottom line is is that news organizations are private entities <laughs> and they have to pay their bills. And, and that is not, uh, I'm going to tell you, journalists, oh, we hate the sales. We hate the sales department. We're not bought and sold. We're journalists, right? But we need them. But, you know, we, we, do, have to, um, we do have to think about the bottom line. We as journalists don't. We let another part of our building do mm -hmm. that. But sometimes there is crossover, and, and, and I don't speak specifically for WPSD. I speak for the industri industry sure. in general right exactly. now. There's a lot of crossover happening mm. that is confusing and misleading mm. to viewers. Um, frankly, it's dangerous, in my opinion, when mm. you... Well, there's a place I can think of right now. Uh, well, I won't say the city. I, ha I have a friend who works there, and I respect her very, very, very much. But um, I'm sure she doesn't like this either. And mm. I've actually spoken with her a couple years ago, and she wasn't in love with it. But um, they named their set after a car dealership. Oh, and, you know, what if that car dealership starts what selling if, lemon cars yeah or, yeah well, we can't yeah we they would have a difficult time reporting on that mm -hmm. and um and i have personally been a part of situations where we have had a you know not not at my current station but at a previous station where i was there was a, a big sponsorship we're talking about a lot a lot a lot a lot of money mm. from a business in town and they didn't like that we did a story with another business that does the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so they threatened to pull their big, 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 big time advertising. And I'm proud to say that I don't believe that would happen at the station where I currently work. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've, I've, I've seen situations where we have told them that they can walk mm. if that's the case. Um, but at this station, that did not happen. 
Mm. Um, and the station in specific, specifically I'm talking about where I used mm-hmm. to work. Right. Um, and and I, was, I didn't respect that and I didn't like that. And we are seeing that happen in a lot of places. And so really, how can you blame people for starting to have mistrust in the news? How, how can you blame them? So that there, some mistrust is absolutely valid, mm-hmm. but I also think that it's important to recognize that the majority are, are trying to do the right thing and are doing the right thing. So um, I don't know. It's kind of a complex issue. <laughs> it's a complex <laughs> issue. I wish I had the answer for it. Uh, sometimes it's a maddening issue too, and I'm sure it's maddening on both sides. It's maddening for me as a journalist when I'm approached by somebody. Well, I, this happened to my, this happened to a buddy of mine that I work with. He was sitting at a restaurant. He was eating, and somebody came up to him and, sa- and just out of nowhere says to him, "I don't like you, and I think you're a liar." He goes walking off, and you know, <laughs> that's awful. Like what that's is, terrible. What makes people feel entitled to be able to do that? I don't know. Um, I don't know. You're on TV. I don't feel entitled to do that to anyone. I know. To anybody. Why would somebody think that? I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting, I, I do think it's, it's, it's an interesting look at maybe I think people the mindset are, people of, that are on TV are depersonalized a lot, I think. Right. Oh, of course. So it's like, yeah. oh, this person's mm-hmm. on my screen. Mm-hmm. They're not a real human being. I can mm-hmm. talk to them however they want. I think that happens in a lot of professions. Yeah. I think we see that sometimes with teachers. Um, I think we see that, uh, well, we're seeing it right now with doctors. Yeah. It's your job to take care of us. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. their job to tell me what to do with my body, but if my body is dying, <laughs> it's their job to fix me and to save me and to put themselves in harm's way. We see that happen with, I yeah. think, a lot of, in, of, of industries. And, and so it used to feel very, very personal to me and it does still feel personal to me, mm-hmm. but I think more than anything, it actually makes me want to look outward and go, okay, we're, we, so many of us are in the same situation right now. This mm-hmm. isn't just happening to journalists. This is happening to a lot of people. Yeah, and it's happening just to the a lack lot of, of trust and authority. Or and it, they're doing it to each other. Experts even. and yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Expert so, opinion does not mean nearly what it used to. No. Yeah. There was an interesting article I read called "The Death of uh, um, of the Expert," oh, and that is uh, essentially talking about how you know it seems as if all of a sudden. As a society, we're just reverting a bit. Yeah, we aren't trusting the people that have, you know, that right. we aren't trusting the experts. Yeah, we're going back to kind of, you know, I don't want to say the dark ages. But, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. no, no leeches. Um, <laughs> although, is that a legitimate treatment in some places? I don't know enough to know about sure. this. So, <laughs> somebody <laughs> will like, try. No. But um, group that's why think, I don't maybe? comment on it. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> maybe it's groupthink, the power of groupthink and the feeling secure and tribal mentality. I think a lot of the problems these days goes to tribal mentality. And if that person's not in my tribe, I can't trust them. I don't care how much knowledge they have about something. They're not with me, they're against me. If they don't me. believe the same thing I have to believe about X, then mm-hmm. that means I can't trust them on anything. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a shame because <clears throat> I don't know that that's, it's not it's rational. Achievable. It's not rational. <laughs> yeah. It's not something that's achievable, especially yeah. for where we live. Yeah. That's the glorious thing about this country. Yeah. This country is a bunch of random, different people who believe a bunch of random, different things, mm-hmm. who look different, who come from different places, mm-hmm. who practice different religions or no religion. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's the United States of America. We are mm-hmm. supposed to all be different, and somehow we make it work. Mm. Um, and and so I I, I hope that people oh, I hope people remember that. That's what makes this country interesting. I think. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be around a bunch of me. I don't know that that would be boring, but it wouldn't be good. <laughs> it would be scary. Even the same of something, no matter what that same is, can get boring, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you need right. things to, to be shaken up a exactly. little bit. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> hmm. I was reading something recently, and it was like, it was a book about logical fallacies. Ooh, logical fallacies. I had an episode about this recently, mm-hmm. and one of the things that uh, this author was talking about was Hey, really? You don't have to know about a lot of the news. <laughs> like, what's it going to do for you to mm-hmm. know about Afghanistan every day? I mean... So what is your answer yeah. to, like, that? Because, so, one That's of my friends day. was like, Leslie Donner said, I need, mm-hmm. to, I need you to tell me a primer on this Afghanistan thing. I haven't heard, I don't know about what's going on. And I said, here's what I'll tell you. 
I know something's happened in Afghanistan, but I've decided that I'm not going to pay attention to it because I don't have to know, and I don't think you should either. Yeah. <laughs> that was what I said about it because at some point, what can I do, and how, yeah. what, what, how much do I need to know? To like, There's got to be a threshold there is. of how much I need to know, right? This author had a point, I think, when it comes to yes. am I going to fill up my emotional energy with things that are happening that across are totally, the world? My dad used to are, put it this way. There are things that are within the circle of your control that are worthy of your attention and worrying about. And then there are things that are outside of the circle of your control. And it's not that those things aren't worthy of your attention or being worried about, but they may never happen to you. They yeah. may never take place. Right. So um, I, I don't disagree with that person. As a journalist, it is my job to tell you. That I know. That's why I was asking how could a journalist. You, how could you not be informed? Come on, you know. I know. As a person, I get it. Mm-hmm. Because um, it, it, it can be 100% overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've experienced this myself. Um, I'm, I'm pretty open. I think I've, well, I told you that I'm open about this, but Mm -hmm. you know, I go to therapy. Um, actually I started going last year because frankly, um, COVID was just really one of many things kind of put me over the top for anxiety and stress. And, uh, and it was really overwhelming. It was, I would say it was, it was painful. It was painful for me Mm. to go to work every day and see the things I saw and, Mm. um, and to see how my coworkers were impacted by it. Mm -hmm. Um, to see how people outside of my workplace were being impacted by it, it was really overwhelming. And it was everyone. That was the other thing, too. It mm. wasn't like it was a tornado that went through a town and other people could come it's in true. and help. Everybody were, had a story about how COVID was impacting their life. That's exactly right. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone is impacted by it. Everyone is hurt by it. And so um, that's overwhelming. You don't feel mm-hmm. like you have even anybody to lean on because yeah. Yeah. everybody needs Everybody's somebody to lean something. on. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. it has been very helpful for me to go and, and to talk to some old Leslie. Yeah. Leslie's my gal. <laughs> and I joke around about this. I told her this, I think. Um, sometimes I wish, sometimes I wish that she wasn't my therapist because she seems so cool and like <laughs> awesome. But then again, she's my therapist, so she's probably supposed to seem that way. But <laughs> You know, I can tell you, you're not missing anything. You're not <laughs> She's not even here to defend herself. Yeah. Um, but no, it's been great. I, I honestly, and I, 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 yes, I cry. I get stuff out. But it's been really good to have that hour where I just get it out. And yeah. then I go about my business. It doesn't mean that I don't still have moments during the day that I am, you know, that things get to me. Um, but one of the things we talked about was kind of, backing off a little bit maybe of, of some of those things that I'm consumed by all day every day mm-hmm. and so um, you know not maybe watching the news on the weekend when I go home mm-hmm. not watching the news I still check my email although I've been trying <laughs> to do a better job on the weekends of disengaging from that as much as I can it's hard though it's hard because sometimes I mean story ideas are coming in all the time oh yeah so um it, you do need to pay attention uh my co-worker uh Todd Faulkner mm-hmm. yeah. who I just love he knows I love him <laughs> even though I make fun of him incessantly um yeah. he's really uh I think taken great steps and that is to on the weekends he totally unplugs from like Facebook sometimes even from his phone um which is, wow. for him, has been really, really helpful, too. Yeah. And so um, after the Capitol riots, mm. I got myself off Facebook for only a week. But for me, it was, I mean, I, I almost instantaneously felt better. Yeah. It's kind of, it's it was kind of crazy. Right. Um, but um, I don't know. I do think that to a degree you need to unplug. And you're right. There are certain things that are happening elsewhere that if you know seeing those things and consuming those things is is hurting you, then take a little bit of a break. Yes, don't or don't consume it. I'm not saying it's not important to maybe know that it's happening, mm-hmm. but maybe you don't need all the, the little details. You yeah. know, I mean, look, no offense, but you know, you and I, although it as a journalist, it is my job to know about these things, but you know, um, you're not going to be directly dealing with, you know, Afghanistan in terms of trying to get refugees over here and all that stuff. So now they may end up being, I guess the argument could be made, they may end up coming to our community, some of these refugees. Um, our tax dollars are, are going to this. We have soldiers 
that are from here that were that were there or are going to be coming back from there mm-hmm. who are struggling with this. Maybe they're um, dealing with PTSD, sure. thinking about suicide. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would pretty much guarantee that that's happening right now. So oh, absolutely. Many would argue that that in and of itself is an important enough reason to know. Um, yeah. That's just one happening. example of kind of what I came to mind quickly about something yes. that is happening. And it, it, and it is. And it, but there are other things that mm-hmm. maybe... Um, we do just need to take a step back from. And even the things that are very intense like that, that may be impacting our community, sometimes you do just need to take a step back from it. Yeah. Because I'm sure I could go back in time and think about a story that I followed closely for daily for weeks. And if someone told me that story now, I'd be like, huh, I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, What would have been different in your life if you had never known that? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Probably nothing. I can't. I, can't <laughs> I guess I would have been listening to more music than news on the radio. I don't know what would have been different about my life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and you know, I don't know. I, I don't I want guess, to downplay the news, but no, it's just there's course. a piece. There's a threshold. Is there my point. There is a threshold, and I think too that the news. I, I'm interested in learning about things. I'm interested in history. I'm interested in sure. why things are the way that they are. Absolutely. And, Part of curious that is, mind is important, especially for a journalist. Obviously, you wouldn't yes. be in this if you didn't have a curious mind. Exactly, yeah, right. you have to curiosity. That's the number one thing you need to be a journalist. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and but I, but I will say, and I totally lost my train of thought there. Yeah, see, we were talking about being a journalist. Bad, bad podcast host interrupt you, get you that's off track. Okay. It happens to me sometimes. Yeah. Those darn journalists. Oh well. Yeah, I, the, if you need to step away, you need to step away. That's yeah, the bottom that's line. That's the point. Um, you don't know how. Oh, I know the point I was going to make. Here we go. I knew we'd get back to it. Um, you know, journalism, and I, I want to say that there's some newspaper that uses this as their uh, as their slogan or something, but it's it's the first draft of history. You know, mm. the, the rough draft of history, maybe, mm. that news is. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing things happening in real time. We're reporting on history in real time. That's different than reading about something that happened 100 years ago, that happened right. 200 years ago. This exactly. Is you know, or even, even 20 years ago. Sure. Um, it's happening right now in mm-hmm. our faces. And so that can be different than reading about something that took place. You feel detached from that. Mm-hmm. You don't feel detached necessarily from what you see happening on your television set because it's happening now. Yeah. So um, I don't know. That can be, I think, more of an emotional roller coaster uh, mm-hmm. than the other. So I get it. I mean, I like I said, I've had to turn myself, turn off things that I just need to turn off because I know it's it's making me feel a little. I'll use the c word again. Crazy. <laughs> it made me feel a little crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm gonna take you on another sidebar here Ooh, to yes. point out something that. In psychology, you may yes. not know about, or you may know about. If you don't know about it, it may help you in interviews because I use it in interviews all the time. And whenever I'm talking to people in their session, whenever they forget something that they were trying to remember, do you know about this? No, but tell so me. there is some psychology science to the fact that if we start talking about something else, we're more likely to remember that thing than if we sit there and try to remember it. You're right. So it happens all the time, and just happened to you. Yes. And I was like, you know what? I'll just go talk about something else and then maybe she'll think of it. And you know 100%. what? 100%. You did. In journalism, there are there is tremendous crossover oh, for with sure. therapy. Yeah. I mean, big time. You're dealing with people. Yep. And you're having to talk to them in some of their worst moments. <laughs> True. At times. Yeah. Or in their happiest. Yeah. Or. Trying to get them to open up. Trying to get them to. Sometimes it's easy to get them to. Sometimes it's hard to get them to stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But sometimes you can't get them to. Right. Um, or even like kids, a kid interview. Gosh, sometimes kids are. Or to talk about the important things. Maybe that is it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 there is a, lots of psychology involved, maybe even reverse psychology sometimes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's a, a, there was a theory. I got my uh, master's, not that I'm anything smart, but I got my master's in strategic communication a few years ago. Okay. And um, one of the uh, classes that we took uh, was just about, all about theory, communications theory. Mm-hmm. And one of those theories was the spiral of silence. I don't know oh, if you've yes. ever heard of this. How, are you familiar with the spiral of silence at all? It's okay if you're not. You tell me what the spiral of silence is. Essentially, spiral of silence is if you are feeling a certain way about something and everyone around you is on the opposite side of that, you choose not to speak up because you're afraid of essentially pushback from others mm. or your assumption that others are not going to agree with you because of a certain loud spoken few. Mm. Um, and so it creates this idea that there are all these people that maybe are 
moderate on certain things or believe mm. a different thing and are quiet, kind of the silent majority. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that maybe, you know, we've seen in the past some of that happen mm-hmm. um, about speaking out about certain issues. And, mm. uh, you know, maybe as simple as the vaccine issue. There mm-hmm. are people that are all for it. Like, I know I have been afraid to talk about it sometimes on social media. Lately, I haven't been because I feel like I've talked to enough doctors. <laughs> You know what I mean? You feel informed. Yeah. Yes, but um, but to feel informed enough to to talk about it. But you know, initially it was nerve wracking because mm-hmm. I didn't. I was worried that people were going to jump down my throat, uh, and and um, yeah. that's that can create a, a dangerous <laughs> silence. You know, yeah. you don't necessarily need to be silent about certain things. Huh. So um, anyway, that was one of the yeah, interesting theories. That is that interesting. We, that we looked the at. The assumption is that people are not going to agree with you, is what that... Or it's just if it scares you into silence about important silence. topics. Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, the So old- I've heard of the curse of knowledge. Mm. It's in psychology where if you know something, yeah. believe something, you have a higher expectation that, number one, someone else has the same point of view or will quickly learn it. That's the curse of knowledge. You know, I totally see that. Mm-hmm. And that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh it I use that with couples all the time. Oh. <laughs> the curse of knowledge is that you assume certain things about what people think that they automatically are going to agree with you or will learn quickly mm-hmm. because you have all this information that you've thought of. Mm. So you're like, if I say something to somebody, uh, and it plays out for me if I say the same thing to people over and over, then I start to cut corners if I don't, if I don't pay attention. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, I've said this 35 times in the last yeah. month. So yes. this person has heard, no, wait, this person heard, has heard it zero times over the past month. So yeah, anyways, that's very true. The curse of knowledge. Gosh, I totally see that. Well, and, and that you even can, and can take that back to not just knowledge, but you can take that back to feelings. I'm sure mm-hmm. um, in terms of talking about that with couples, while yeah. you bring that up, <laughs> is because when people feel a certain way, and it's not reciprocated from mm. that other person. Yeah. It can be maddening. Why don't you know this? You know, you're my significant other. Why don't you know this? Well, we're not tell? inside each other's heads. We're married, but we're not inside each other's heads. You know Precisely. What I mean? yep. You've got to be able to communicate. And I think um, that can lead to defensiveness. That can lead to uh, aggressiveness sometimes among mm. other people. Anger, yeah. uh, whether it be a couple or it be us as a society. Uh, we automatically are assuming... It, it, I do believe this is a bit connected. We automatically assume that people are coming at us either trying to um, do the, you know, make us angry or disagree with us or get into some kind of an argument. We assume they're coming from a negative place. Same maybe with the news. Everybody yeah. assumes we're trying to spin the truth and we're trying to do this right. and that um, without really taking a step back and going, is that logically what's happening? Mm-hmm. Uh, is what I'm hearing unreasonable? Is what I'm hearing not factual? Um, or how could this other person know how I feel? How could this? Other, why would I assume that this other person is coming mm-hmm. at me in an angry way? Right. Just I don't know. I feel like we just assume we get defensive automatically when people disagree with us, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. You know, I don't mind if people disagree with me. <laughs> I don't mind. You don't have to even agree with me right now. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I don't mind disagreeing with somebody. Um, and I'll change my mind. Totally. I just have to have some good reasons to. Absolutely. And I, and I think that's the other thing, too. Like, I think we've taken it as somehow we've lost. Yeah. If we change Yeah, it's mind. a win or loss. Yeah, exactly. It's there's, about winning There's like losing. some value of, I'll never change my mind about anything. Like, that's a good thing for some reason. I don't know. Anyways. Mm-hmm. And this really, too, goes back to the information we've learned about COVID and maybe why there is mistrust. You know, we're seeing science play out in real time here. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't know anything about this. We didn't when it started. We are acting like the teenagers of the world right now. I'm sorry, and I love teenagers. All the teenagers, y'all are so cool. Cool, cool, cool. But now teenagers suck. Teenagers. <laughs> he said it, I didn't. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, look. I have no I teenager, teenager listeners. It doesn't matter. A very long time ago, I was a teenager <laughs> now. Um, and I remember how I didn't like being told what to do. I didn't like it. I'm an adult. I can do what I want. And that's what I'm hearing right now. I'm hearing a whole lot of, don't tell me what to do. I can do what I want. It's my right. It's my freedom. Don't tell me what to do. Like, how is that any different than when a cop pulls you over and, you know, and, and gives you a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt? 
you know, I, I guess that's my thing. I, I, yeah. I'm, I try to wrap my brain around the logic, but, um, and we could go on and on and I on. I could get controversial that. here, but I'm going to just <laughs> not. Well, go ahead and move on. <laughs> we just, just remember, there are rules for a reason, everyone. We do, we can't exist in an anarchy. Can you imagine what that would look like? Maybe we're getting just I'm a starting to get a little bit. <laughs> I'm starting to get an idea. I'm starting to get an I idea. Want to. <laughs> <laughs> we need a little rules. Just a few of them. Just a couple. Just a couple. You have uh, anything else that you would like to share about the life of a journalist or the hmm. struggles of a journalist? Or Journalism used to be a career you could retire from. Yeah, yeah. And it's becoming less and less that way, particularly yeah. for people in news. Right. If we're, for, the, for news. I would say the burnout rate is much higher now. Hmm. It is harder to make good money. Mm-hmm. It is... Uh, always been a thankless job but now it's even more of a thankless job it's the opposite yeah. oh now <laughs> forget that you know i mean really yeah. um and uh and people are constantly telling you that you know you suck yeah so <laughs> right exactly can um, you imagine that it would be difficult to you know um to find people staying in this for a really long period of time there are there are good jobs in journalism and you know what i'll be honest i'm lucky i have one of them yeah. i'm really really yeah. lucky an anchor um, is a good one, right? It, yeah. It, dep- it depends. But well, yes, yeah. it, it, I'm I'm very lucky. That doesn't mean I haven't worked. But you hard. worked hard to yes. get there. Yes. However, it's there good are to recognize. Lot, yeah. There are a lot of other people that work just as hard. I know people that work ten times harder. Yeah. That you know they will never see that level of achievement in this career mm-hmm. because they're in a part of this career that maybe never gets to that level, and so they have to leave. Um, unfortunately, that means that the industry is losing really good people. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing the overwhelming uh, number of people in this industry younger and younger and younger. Mm. Now, young is not necessarily bad. I mean, look, I started in this career very, very young. I started WPSC Young. I was still in school. Mm. Everyone around me had had a job before this one. Mm. That's not the case anymore. Mm. I mean, this is a starter market now. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's just a fact. <laughs> yeah. And that's not because of, of WPSD. Yeah, I feel old when I watch Local 6. Well, the older we get, the, <laughs> yeah. the younger they get, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. They get younger every year. <laughs> the, longer I, the longer I'm in that newsroom, uh-huh. the, the, older I, the older I feel, that's for sure. But, yeah. um, but no, I mean, that's just an industry shift uh, across the board because, we're lo- because people aren't staying in it as long. And... Um, Young people bring energy, they bring new ideas, they bring True. an understanding of social media, which is a critical part of what we do now. True. They are important. We need young people in this industry. Absolutely. We also need people that are experienced. We need people that, that have lived it and have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, Just like any profession. You, street cred, <laughs> right. man. Any profession needs yes. experience. Any profession needs fresh ideas. And the bottom line is when I started at WPSD, as a reporter who was still in school, 22 years old, mm. I'm not, I, I didn't expect people to trust me. Like they trusted, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm trying to think of somebody who was working alongside me, a Garen Thomas at the time, mm. you know, who had been there for several years. Yeah. Um, or, uh, you know, some of the other reporters Sam who had, had multiple jobs. <laughs> Sam Burge. I mean, I get it. That takes time. I yeah. could be the most talented person ever. Right. But certain things you just have to live through and you just True. have to experience. And so we are losing a lot of good people. And it is because of burnout. Um, it's a lot of the reason, I'll be honest. It's a lot of the reason I decided to go to therapy mm-hmm. because I don't want to lose my love of this job. Mm. I don't. Yeah. Um, we need good people to stay in it. I'd like to think of myself as, <laughs> I'd like to think of myself as one of the good ones. <laughs> I don't know if I am, but I know I have passion for it. Well, and- Mapping Healthy Minds has extremely high standards <laughs> for who gets to come on the show. We only have the good people Thank in their fields. So you, you would not have been able to make it this far. <laughs> If you this is well, put this on your resume, Jennifer. <laughs> but you know, I will say it, again. I, I am all for young people getting into the um, into the industry. I just I hope that there, I hope that there's a shift in the coming mm. years that pay can be better. That um, that we can figure out how to balance our resources because what we what we've started to do is we've started to pile more and more work on people mm-hmm. because there are more ways to reach people. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I got into this business 15 years ago, we weren't allowed to get on Facebook at work. 
That'll tell you how dramatically things have shifted. Yeah. And that wasn't even 15 years. That was really, we got that memo about 10 years ago. Yeah. That'll show you how dramatically things have shifted. Yeah. Um, now that's one of the number one sources of where we get stories, but it's also the first place we break People stories. Look. Yeah. The right. first place. Yeah, we well, don't of course. wait for five yeah. anymore. Yeah. So, um, but that is, as a journalist who's out in the field trying to collect information, it's hard to be balancing getting an interview, shooting your own stuff now, mm. and posting a certain amount to social media and keeping your people updated on there. Also, you've got to do your web story at the end of the day. Mm. And I mean, there's just, oh, and don't forget to, to write your stuff for the morning show, and don't forget to do this, <laughs> and don't forget to do that. It's a totally different animal than yeah. what it used to be. So no wonder there's burnout, right? Absolutely. Anyway. More work, <laughs> more work and not getting compensated for it. That's a yeah. It's a, uh, but equation. it is a wonderful calling, and I believe things. But you will get start value in it. Finding value in it. Yes, finding value. I talk in about it. burnout and yep. with people all the time, and that's the number one way to avoid it is to find value in what you're doing. You have to. You have to mm. stay motivated, and that's in any job, really. Exactly. Um, I think all anyone, and I'm sure you feel this too. Um, therapists can get burnout too. <laughs> I mean, come on, you yes, know, you're can. you're talking to people about their problems all day. Yeah, that's hard. It's mm. it, to a degree that's kind of what we do. We talk about problems all day That's right. and um and that can be uh that can get really negative that can create a negative cycle in your in your mind mm-hmm. um so you have to look for those opportunities for positives not just in the work itself but also in putting positive out there what you're doing for society exactly yep so anyway right. <laughs> well thank you so much for joining me Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is so much fun. (laughs) It was fun. It was a good time, and I feel like we really got to the heart of a lot of stuff. This has been Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast that explores the intersection of mental health and life. For more episodes, you can find the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and we are also on social media sites, Facebook and Instagram website for the show is mappinghealthyminds.com which has access to all the episodes that we've recorded so far and a little bit more about the show thanks so much for listening and if you enjoyed the show give us a review or tell a friend it's the best way for us to pass the word on to other people mapping healthy minds is brought to you by compass counseling and is produced and hosted by yours truly justin lewis